You know, sometimes we can't recognize the answer to our problems because the answer has become so familiar to us. I'll say that again. Sometimes we can't recognize the answer to our problems because the answer to our problems has become so familiar to us. A couple weeks ago, I was in my office, and I was looking for a flash drive. A flash drive is a small device that goes into the computer that allows you to transfer uh, information on, onto a, a small flash, uh, onto a, a, a small drive. And, and I was looking for a, a flash drive. I have many flash drives, normally just laying around an office to choose from. But on this particular day, I could not find one. And I began to get irritated and annoyed as I needed to quickly transfer this information to my computer. And suddenly, I looked down. And when I looked down, I saw on my keychain a flash drive. I carry my keys every day, use them every day. And there was a flash drive connected to it that I seldom used because it, my keychain was so familiar to me. Sometimes we miss the answer or the answers to our problems because we overlook that which has become familiar. Psalm 23, the 23rd division of Psalm, is a psalm that we often quote, is a psalm that many of us know by heart, is a psalm that we learned when we were a young child. But I believe that this psalm has become so familiar to us that in times of heartache, in, in times of tribulation, in, in times of, of testing, we tend to not use it or not believe it because it is so familiar to us. And today, in a day and time that is full of, of terrorist threats, full of unjust wages, full of spiritual deprivation, full of satanic forces, full of hopelessness. In a, in a time like this today, we need to revisit the familiar and ask the Lord to restore hope to us and to restore happiness to our hearts. If you would, be so kind and stand to your feet and turn to the 23rd Division of Psalm as we are going to visit the familiar and ask the Lord to allow this psalm to become green pastures and still waters for us. The 23rd Division of Psalm. And I'm going to ask you, even though many of you probably know it by heart, learned it as a child, to look at your Bible and to read it. Allow your eyes to glance upon the words so that the Holy Spirit may have his way with us. The Psalm of David, in the precious, authentic, inerrant, sufficient, and wonderful word of God reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs or overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Today we're going to start, go through part one of a two-part series called uh, My Shepherd and Host. My Shepherd and Host. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you would use this text that you would allow these verses that have become so familiar to us to speak to us this morning. I pray, Father God, that you would use this, these verses, Lord, to revive our hearts, to soothe our hearts, Father God, to restore our souls, allow them, Father, to become green pastures to us and still waters as well. Father, we need you. And without you, we can do nothing. Open our ears and our eyes to see you, to be pleased and satisfied in you. Shepherd us now, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Psalm, of course, is written by David, one of the most known psalms, a psalm that has lasted throughout the generations as every generation's favorite song, and it's lasted throughout the generations for a reason. That reason is, is because it has something to say. And I like the fact that David is the author of the song, because we know that David was a king, or the lord of a territory, Israel. And we also know that David was a shepherd. So he knew what it was like to rule over much and yet be intimate. I can see David walking out of his palace one starry night, finding a tree away from his soldiers, away from the rush of the night, and reflecting upon what God had did in his life. I can see David looking up at the stars and thinking about how God raised him up from tending sheep to being over his people. I can see David reflecting about the dark times in his life and about how God sustained him and kept him. Can you see David? Well, David starts this song and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He starts this psalm by acknowledging that there is someone greater than him. David is not writing this psalm as a king, but rather as a servant. He's not writing this psalm with the mindset of a shepherd, but now with the mindset of a sheep. He is humbled as he thinks about how good God has been and how good God is, the Lord. Jehovah, Yahweh, is my shepherd. A shepherd 
is the leader or the tender of sheep. His job is to guide, to protect, to provide, and to correct. And that's as David says, the Lord, Yahweh, is my leader. Hmm. Now, as New Testament Christians, as we have received further revelation about God, Yahweh, and have learned that he is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we read this passage, we can read this passage in light of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, Jesus is given the name Kyrios, or Lord. He is the resurrected one who has been given a name that is above all names. And at, the, at his name, every knee shall bow. He is the supreme ruler who has now uh, made everything come under his feet. And he's also talked about as the shepherd. In John chapter 10, John calls him the good shepherd. The good shepherd who comes to give life and, and life more abundantly. So as New Testament Christians, as, as people who are prone to worry and, and prone to wander, as people who are constantly thinking about tomorrow and, and constantly thinking about our fears and our trials and our tribulations and, and tempted to, to, to find other things to lead us, we need to look at this text as what it says to us today, and it should say this, Jesus Christ, the Lord, Jesus, the resurrected is my shepherd. He is my leader. He is my CEO. He is the commander and chief of my life. As we look at this text, we see that David points out four benefits that I would like to quickly glean, four benefits of having Christ as shepherd. And we're going to go through these rather quickly in order to, to get to the emphasis that the Lord has put upon my heart. And the first benefit of having the Lord as our shepherd in uncertain times and as uncertain people is, is that we get to have a personal relationship with him. A personal relationship. The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, that name that is mentioned throughout the Old Testament as the most personal and the most used name of God. He's saying, this Lord who is over everything, the Lord who created the heavens and the earth, the Lord who suspended the stars and, and fixed them, the Lord who, who knows the exact measurements of the Atlantic Ocean, the Lord who knows all, he said, is my shepherd, the greatest and most supreme being in the universe is my leader. David reflects and starts this song by saying, I have a personal relationship with the sovereign ruler of the universe. A personal relationship. Have you ever stopped to think about that? that out of six million people in the world, and God knowing each and every person and every hair, and having every, the number of hairs on every single person's head, that he is still able to personally be our shepherd. Every time I get in the airplane 
and I'm blessed with the opportunity to sit at the window. I'm humbled. I'm humbled as the plane takes off and suspends in midair. And I look down and see small houses that look like a, 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 play, a play set of a child. I'm humbled as I see how these cars, which are about my size, these SUVs that's about my size, are now looking like little toys. I'm humbled as I fly over the, the waters and over the ocean, and I, I, I see that, that God has created so much, and that in each body of water, there's, there's other life. I'm humbled. And then I'm, I'm, I'm humbled as I think about the fact that as I look out of the window, that God is looking at me. That if I just stop and pray to God, that God hears me. That he listens to me, that he's so amazing and so awesome that he's able to keep everything under his control and yet still have time to speak to me. He says, the Lord, the one, Yahweh, who is over Israel, who is over the nations, is also the shepherd of my soul. He says, I get to have a personal relationship with him. Not only is he the shepherd of my soul, not only do I get to have a personal relationship, but he says the second benefit of having him as my shepherd is, is that he's my provider. The Lord is my shepherd, he says. I shall not want. Now, as human beings, we know that this is difficult, especially during this time of year. As we turn on the television and people are thinking of creative ways to sell us things that we really don't need and probably won't use. We have a tendency to want. But David says, when I am reflecting on this shepherd, when I have my eyes on this shepherd, I have a sense of contentment. When we put our eyes on the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, who comes to give us life and life more abundantly, he says we realize that we really aren't in need. Isn't that what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19? And he shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Now notice Paul said he shall supply all of my needs, not all of my greeds. Look at your neighbor and say, you're doing all right. You got a roof over your head. You're doing all right. You've got some clothes on your back. You're doing all right. Is that shoes on your feet? You're doing all right. He shall supply all of my needs, not greeds. David reflects on God and he sees the Lord. He sees Christ as his provider, but not just his physical provider. I believe that David is really also talking about him being his spiritual provider. See, God is both when he's our shepherd, our physical provider and our spiritual provider. Jesus tells us to pray that the Lord will give us this day our daily bread. And I don't just believe that Jesus is talking about just just physical bread while that is one application. Another application is spiritual food. Jesus stood shortly after and said, I am the bread of life. As I am, water, and he who drinks of me shall never thirst again. David and we, we have to see God not as just the one who comes and who allows us to be in a personal relationship with him, but also as the one 
who provides. He said green pastures. <laughs> That's his word. He, he provides me with green pasture. He provides me with spiritual and physical food. And, and he provides me and allows me to lay beside still waters. Not only is God or Christ as shepherd, not only is he our, in a personal relationship with us, not only is he our provider, but we see that he is our peace. Look at this benefit. He is our peace. He's got this picture of a shepherd leading his sheep. And he says that this shepherd is, is leading his sheep down green pastures. He's leading them beside still waters. He's restoring my soul. Job of, of, of a shepherd to make sure that the sheep, as they travel from one pasture to another, is getting rest. Is God your peace? Think about my father, I think about him as peace. When I think about Christ, I think about him as peace. If God is your leader, if God is your shepherd, and if you are worrying yourself to death, if you are anxious, it is because you're not looking at the shepherd and trusting that the shepherd is the one who will provide you with peace. With a peace, the Bible says, Isaiah 26, verse 3, that passes all understanding. He will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on them. David said, I'm thinking about how the times in my life when I needed peace, how I just looked up to the shepherd and he gave me peace. In the midst of Saul trying to kill me, he gave me peace. In the midst of my family drama, he gave me peace. While everybody else on the job is losing their mind and, 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 and worried about whether or not they're going to work next week, I, I, I give it to the Lord and I have peace. I don't have to go cocoa, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I can be peaceful and, and resolved because I know that my shepherd takes pride in providing for me but also in giving me peace. The Lord is my shepherd. Personal relationship. I shall not want provision. He leads me and guides me besides green pastures and still waters. Peace. Last thing that David points out here that I want to emphasize. Verse 3. After he restores my soul, he leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God not only gives us the opportunity to be in a personal relationship with him, not only does he give me provision, not only does he give me peace, but he gives me protection, David said. Sure that he's thinking about Saul and how Saul got jealous because he was anointed as king and because the women of Saul's kingdom preferred to sing songs about him rather than Saul. I'm sure that he's reflecting upon how Saul tried to throw a spear at his head and take him out the game. I'm sure he's thinking about all the times, even as a shepherd, there were lions and there were, were wolves that came and tried to kill his sheep and how he had to fight them off. And he thought about the dark times of his life, about the times that he fell short, about the time that he murdered a man. 
about the time that he committed adultery, about the time that he took a census that was unnecessary, not trusting in the Lord. And I'm sure he thought about those dark valleys in his life. But he concluded that God was protecting me. He was keeping me. In those dark places in life, God protects us. When cancer shows up, God protects us. When arthritis is ailing us, God protects us. When grief comes upon us, God can protect us. When Satan tries to condemn us from yesterday's sin, God can protect us. He can lead us while we are in the valley. And what I like about this personally as I look at this, is a couple things. Number one, in verse three, I like how he says, he leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. So God is leading me, and he's leading me a specific way. If Christ is your shepherd, you have to know that God is leading you in the paths of righteousness. God does not lead us in paths of unrighteousness. If any man is tempted, do not let them say that he is being tempted from God. When God leads, he leads us to righteousness, but also him leading us to righteousness does not mean that we are going to be trouble-free. Right after saying he leads us to righteousness, the next verse, he's in the valley. Sometimes righteousness, the path of righteousness, is a path of suffering. Sometimes the path of righteousness will bring you pain. Sometimes the path of righteousness will bring you some heartache and some tears. But if you've got God with you, your rod and your staff, you've got comfort with you. Leads me in a path of righteousness. One more thing on this protection thing before we move on. It's interesting how David is talking throughout this song. For most of the song, he, he's using first person and third person. The Lord is my shepherd, first person. I shall not want. He, third person, makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me besides still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Did you catch that? He went from talking about God. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to talking to God. And I think it's interesting that he started talking to God when he was reflecting on the valley. When you're in a valley. When you're going through some trials and tribulations, when nobody else can understand you, when your heart is heavy, don't just talk about God. Start talking to God in the midst of your pain. You lead me. He got personal. (laughs) You lead me. Started praying. But that's not just a prayer. That's a praise. (laughs) You comfort me. That's praise. In the midst of our valley, we got to learn not just to pray, but to praise God. Praise him on credit. I guarantee you it won't come back to bite you. David shows us a couple things about God that we have a personal relationship with. That he's our provider, that he's our peace, that he's our protector. Go back to verse 1. Let's glean here for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd. Did you catch it? The Lord. You missed it. 
the Lord. Did you get it? He didn't say a Lord. He said the Lord. See, a lot of us, we have a Lord as our shepherd. <laughs> but it's only one true Lord. He didn't say those lords are my shepherd. But he said the Lord. The one true and sovereign Lord. See, while Jesus is our shepherd, as he calls himself the good shepherd, we also must recognize that there is a bad shepherd. There is an imitator, and his name is Satan. And he wants to lead us. He wants to control us. He wants to have dominion over our lives. And the Bible says that he is a thief, John chapter 10. And he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Any other Lord, rather than the Lord or the Lord, is a false Lord. But see, many of our translations don't read, the Lord is my shepherd. Read your translation. Read it out loud. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. Okay. That's what that translation says. I'm talking about your life translation. That's what your KJV says. That's what your ESV says, your NIV says, your NASB. But what does your translation say? What does your life poem say? See, some of us, it's not the Lord is my shepherd. For some of us, it's sports is my shepherd. And we wonder why we break down in the valley. It's because the Lord isn't our shepherd. Sports is our shepherd. Their football is our shepherd. See, the Lord is the one who has dominion or control over you. The Lord is the one that you treasure. The Lord is the thing that you run to for refuge. The Lord is what you use to comfort you. It's what you meditate on the most. It's what you talk about the most. It's what you give your time and your treasure to the most. See, if the Lord is your shepherd, you can't help but to think about him, and you can't help but to talk about him, because he is your shepherd. But when football is your shepherd, when one of them brothers from the church come up to you and start talking about the Lord, you're trying to think about, how can I change this to the Bears? How can I change this, to, uh, this conversation to the Bengals? Some of us, sports is our shepherd. And that's why we're in want. Basketball used to be my shepherd. It used to be my leader. It used to be what I ran to in my time of refuge. And for some of us, it's not sports that's our shepherd. For some of us, style is our shepherd. Our life is all about looking good. We work ourselves to death to buy a pair of shoes. Our check is already spent before we get it. 
Because we want to keep up with the Joneses. Some of us style is our shepherd. And we ought to be honest. Remember, it's not those lords. Remember, it's not a lord. It's the lord that needs to be your shepherd. For some of us, the issue isn't sports. The issue isn't style. The issue is science. The issue is science. Some people have science as their shepherd. They, they have theories as their shepherd. If you can't see it, I don't believe it is their shepherd. Macroevolution is their shepherd. Science. It's a Lord. It's not the Lord. For some of us, self-gratification is our shepherd. Sensuality is our shepherd. Our life is about receiving the maximum pleasure that we can receive. It's about gratifying ourselves. We've got our game together. The end of the day, we know that if we say the right thing and do the right thing, we're going to end up with the wrong thing. Sensuality, indulging in the flesh is our shepherd. Trying to get over on everybody that you can is your shepherd. Trying to lay with as many women as you can is your shepherd. For others, success is our shepherd. The Lord isn't our shepherd, but success is. We live with the hopes of receiving respect from everybody else. Our whole pursuit in life is a degree. And that's the only reason we really come to church is because we want God to make us successful. Got that Drake syndrome. I just want to be successful. That's our theme song. And when we're in the valley, we lose our mind. Because the Lord isn't our shepherd. But things are our shepherd. Can't come to church. Can't have personal devotion time with the Lord. Can't experience real intimacy with the Lord. Because these false shepherds, false lords, are leading us. For some of us, that significant other is our shepherd. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Life is all about pleasing that man or pleasing that woman or catching that man. Y'all know what that is, right? Catching them. You gotta catch them. Our life is built on and made significant by whether or not that person loves us, by whether or not that person is taken care of. And if that person doesn't come to church, 
If that person isn't speaking to me, if that person isn't enormed with me, then I've got a problem. And I can't hear from the Lord. What's shepherding you? What's leading you? Some of us, it's not sports. It's not style. It's not science. It's not self-indulgence. It's not success. It's not that special someone. For some of us, it's that thing we call the station. It's the television. Some of us are being led by the television. Some of us, we can't get that personal intimacy with the Lord. We can't experience that Christ adoration. We don't have time to read the Bible. We don't have time to draw close to God because we're so busy. Oh, man, but we know when our reality TV shows come on. We've got them lined up one after another. And mad if somebody interrupts us doing it. Child, you know this is my show. This is, you know, good. What's today? Today is Monday. What time is it? Look at the time. That station is our shepherd. Instead of the 23rd Psalm, it's the 23rd channel. The TV is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lie down on a sofa. It leads me away from the scriptures. It destroys my soul. It leads me to the paths of sex and violence for the sponsor's sake. Yea, though I walk in the shadow of my Christian responsibilities, there will be no interruption, for the TV is with me. Its cable and remote control me. It prepares a commercial before me in the presence of my worldliness. It anoints my head with humanism and consumerism. My coveting runneth over. Surely goodness and laziness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house watching TV forever. What's shepherding you? What's leading you? What's the Lord of your life? What's controlling you? What's making you tick? What do you run to when things aren't going well? And I was going to bring it in, but for the sake of temptation, I won't. For some of us, it's a substance. It's that southern comfort. Whatever you run to for refuge, it is your Lord. It is your shepherd. But David said, the Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd. I shall not want. Whom is there in heaven but you, O Lord? And there's none in the earth besides you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you are. Strength of my portion and my heart forever. What shepherding you? The problem with these things shepherding us The problem with our life's pursuit being success, sensuality, science, sports, is this. Is our hearts weren't made to be shepherded by non-eternal things. And football, disappointing. Good picture of me and my wife, I won't throw it. (laughs) 
But these things are not eternal. They can be taken away. They cannot benefit you. Only Christ can benefit you. Your heart was created to be filled by the creator, by Christ. And when you allow Christ to be your leader, when you allow him to be your obsession, when you submit to him and stop fighting and trying to make it work by giving him a part of you and give, when you give him all of you, you'll see that you will have a personal, intimate relationship with the king of the universe, the king of the world. You'll see that you'll have your provision and you'll have contentment. You'll see that you'll have a peace that passes all understanding and you'll see that you'll have protection. You have to submit to him. As Lord, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And we know by all means that David was not perfect. We know by all means that David fell. But when the Lord is your shepherd, the Lord is the one who restores you. He's the one who hears you when you repent and cry out. He's the one that gives you the strength to go, to go on. A righteous man falls seven times but gets up. Gets up. Each time. Last thing I want to point out here is the isness of God. The isness? The isness of God. Not the business, the isness of God. The Lord is my shepherd. The isness of God. David was a shepherd. David was a king. He's writing about who God has been for him and what God has been for him. But everybody in here who is a believer of the Lord, who knows the Lord, and who the Lord knows, who listens to the Lord, and who follows the voice of the Lord, who is a true sheep of the Lord, they know the isness of the Lord. They know that you can take out shepherd and put in anything that you need. The Lord is my hope. The Lord is my joy. The Lord is my friend. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my future. The Lord is beauty for ashes. The Lord is a way out of no way. The Lord is my Alpha and Omega. The Lord is my balm and Gilead. The Lord is my bridge over troubled water. The Lord is my all in all. The Lord is my liaison, my mediator, my high priest. Whatever you need him to be, he can be it. The isness of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. But more than all of that, the Lord is my Savior. In John chapter 10, Jesus talks about how he is the good shepherd. And he says the good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for the sheep. Those things will never lay down their lives for you. They can't lay down their lives for you. You will lay down your life for it, but it will not lay down its life for you. But the Bible tells a story about a man who came down 42 generations and who was born of a virgin. The Bible says when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. The Bible talks about this good shepherd and how he walked the streets of Jerusalem and how he led 12 men 
to know him closer. The Bible talks about this good shepherd who saw some wolves called Pharisees and a lion called sin, but who was willing to go to Calvary's cross for me and you. The Bible talks about a good shepherd and how he laid down his life on Golgotha's hill, how he was nailed three times and had a thorn placed on his head. The Bible talks about this good shepherd who was put in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day, he rose from the grave. And Peter didn't just call him the good shepherd. Peter called him in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, the great shepherd. When you know what Jesus has done for you, you don't just call him good. You call him great. When you know that he's brought you out of some stuff, when you know that he's made a way out of no way, when you know that he is your provider, my job don't provide, Jesus provides. Come on, somebody. Every day you clock in and fear. Stop clocking in to work and fear, wondering if you're going to have a job tomorrow. God just uses that job to provide for you. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my way out of no way. Jesus is my bridge over troubled water. Jesus, no other name I know. The great shepherd. This is goofy. Jesus is great. Sports is temporary. Jesus is eternal. This can be broken. Jesus will never break. This can be taken away. Jesus will never be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know the good shepherd, the great shepherd? Has he done anything for you? Has he ever regulated your mind? Has he ever led you besides still waters? Come on and glorify him. Come on and praise him. Good shepherd. Lays down his life for a sheep, but who rose with all power in his hand. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to have a personal relationship with you. Thank you, Father. You are so loving. You're so great, Father God, that you chose to come into a relationship with people who have rejected you, people who have fallen, people who continue to fall. But daily, Father God, you allow goodness and mercy to follow us. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for being our peace. When everybody thought that we would lose it, and everybody's looking at us trying to figure out how we're making it, Father, you gave us peace. You provided us not just with physical food, but with spiritual food and the protection that we need from the evil one. Father, for your name's sake, lead someone today down the path of righteousness. Help them see the folly of their sins and the folly of worshiping and chasing temporal things. Help them to see that true success is found in submitting to you and trusting you as their Lord and as their shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray.
on asking the deacons to come.